You are tuned into the Dr. Tina Show with Dr. Tina Moore. For more, visit drtina.com. On this episode of the Dr. Tina Show, I bring you all things red light therapy with Dr. Mike Bilkowski. Dr. Mike is the owner and creator of BioLite Red Light Therapy, the units I have in my own home and trust. We talked all about how red light therapy can help improve health and wellness in several areas, including brain and cognitive health, eye health, gut health, heart health, anxiety and depression, bone and joint health, and so much more. This is a fascinating subject. I know you're going to love this one. Let's jump in. Mike Belkowski, I'm so excited to have you here on the Dr. Tina show. You are, I'm guessing, the the head honcho over at BioLite, a red light company that I have been using recently. And I'm so excited to have you on the show so you can teach me all about your gizmos that I've got one here. Can you introduce yourself for the audience, please? Like- well, I'm a physical therapist by trade, graduated in 2016 and quickly took an outpatient job at uh, locally in Missoula, Montana. And after about three years, I was pretty fed up with the allopathic model and how insurance dictates your treatments. So I started my own cash-based PT practice shortly after that. And so being a solo practitioner in Missoula is one of the most PT-dense cities in the in the country. So I figured if I was going to go out on my own, I had to kind of bring some unique, efficient or effective treatments to to my practice. So I became certified and well-known for dry needling. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but highly, highly effective for pain relief and then cupping and um, blood flow restriction training and hyperbaric chamber. And that's how we came upon red light therapy was a book by Ari Wooden that I think most people know about regarding red light therapy, but it's just a well-written book. And for me, there's a lot of parallels with red light therapy and dry needling. So that was kind of almost like an aha moment for me, the reduction in inflammation Um, improving circulation. So I was blown away. It's like, wow, if light can really do this for so many things, then why don't more people know about it? So I just looked to see what the market had to offer. And this is late 2018, early 2019. And it was just like, there was really, really expensive devices. And it's like, I don't know if they justified the price. And then there's those really, really cheap products that, again, who knows how safe or effective they are. So I felt if someone could come in and offer superior products for, for affordable prices, and maybe even more importantly, offer superior education because even three, four years ago, it's like there wasn't that much information or the people like, like Juve and other companies, they just weren't given great information at the time. And they were suggesting like 20 to 30 minutes a day, which is kind of asinine for, for most things over treatment wise. So there was just a dearth of education for the masses. So that's kind of why I started BioLite was to, Juve was actually the, the big instigator because I knew their devices would be sky high with EMFs and light flickers. So I bought a couple of their panels and tested it myself. And sure as heck, they're insanely high. So that's why I was motivated to develop products that were low EMF, low light flicker. And again, with, with the education aspect as well. I found you because I have a follower who actually lives in a, the adjacent town to me and I ran into her uh, and she was pregnant and she looked so beautiful and she, I know she had been struggling with infertility and I said, oh my gosh, you got pregnant. I mean, she was really pregnant. She was about to have her baby and I said, you you got pregnant. What happened? And she said, I have been sitting in front of a BioLite for months, so much so that she gave her other red light from a competitive company away to her parents and got upgraded to a larger unit <laughs> to grow that baby. 
so basically she was using your unit as like a little oven to to keep her and she's had a beautiful baby and all is well but she said she had done her research uh she's she's smart lady. And she said, the other companies don't compare. And I was looking into red light because I wanted to affiliate with a company and I wanted to try the, the, you know, technology out for myself. And I was so impressed when I talked to you because you were very knowledgeable. You're a doctor. You, you, you mentioned all the right things, which I'd love if you talk about like the EMFs and some of the other, uh, issues that we can deal with when we're dealing with technology. Talk about how your product's different. Yeah. So just as a global um, view of the market. If you're looking at all these different devices, they predominantly, we all use the same wavelengths because that's what the research shows, the 660 nanometers for red and the 850 for near infrared. And I guess just for a quick review, red light only treats the skin because it doesn't penetrate deeper, whereas near infrared being a longer wavelength does penetrate deeper so you can heal or treat things like the muscles and the bones and your brain and other organs. Uh, so just for people to understand the difference between red and near infrared, um, they, they treat and they do the exact same thing, just at different depths in the body. So, so again, most companies use the same wavelengths. Uh, there's varying intensities or, or, or power of light, which is light irradiance. And I think a misnomer or a misconception through some smooth marketing is that the higher the light irradiance, the better, which is not true. I think as long as you're above 100 to 150, 150 is pretty high, but as long as you're above 100, you're going to be getting a therapeutic dose. And so um, I think people, and I was initially, I thought the higher the light irradiance, the deeper the penetration. But again, that depth of penetration comes down to the wavelength itself. So again, back to red light, it's only going to treat the skin. It doesn't matter how powerful your tool is. It's not going to penetrate any deeper. Uh, the higher the light irradiance, the more uh, photons of light you have at a given time or at a given distance. So that's the only difference. You're just increasing the dosage at the depth of that wavelength. So to, to answer your question, uh, BioLite, when, when I started this, or before I even started it, I kind of did my own market research and noticed that some companies, even still today, but even especially back then, integrate Bluetooth and Wi-Fi into their devices which is more or less the antithesis of red light therapy, which is supposed to be healing. Of course, I'm sure your audience is familiar with, you know, uh, the detriment to your cells and your health when you're, you know, lambasted with constant Wi-Fi and Bluetooth and 5G and the stuff's all over the place. We just can't perceive it with our eyes, but it's a, it's a form of non-native light uh, that really screws up our cells. So, just seeing that alone, I was like, why can't someone bring something to market that's a high quality device minus all of that garbage? And quite honestly, it's a simple, it's a simple fix, which is why I'm still perplexed that some of these companies still integrate Bluetooth and Wi-Fi, but that's, that's a whole other conversation. But the second safety aspect that BioLite took into consideration, and we were the first company to do this, I don't even know if any other company does, maybe they've copied us, but light flicker. Just like EMFs are invisible, but unhealthy for us, light flicker is invisible. We can't perceive it with the naked eye, but it's not good for our eyes. It's not good for our brain. It's uh, tantamount to working in an office with a fluorescent light. And it's a, it's a high flicker that we can't perceive. But again, it can cause concentration issues, eye strain, headaches and migraines, mood and behavioral disorders. So again, it's like why the same companies I tested for the, for the EMFs 
their light flicker was also sky high. So I took it upon myself to, to find a way to engineer and use technology to mitigate light flicker as much as possible. With all of that being said, the pros probably outweigh the cons. Even if you have one of those devices with a higher EMF and higher uh, light flicker, I think the, uh, the response and the, the, uh, the effect you're going to get for your mitochondria will outweigh that. But again, why immerse your cells in this uh, EMF and light flicker if you don't have to? Yeah, so th- those are the two big safety considerations I would tell people to look out just looking uh, if they're going to purchase a red light therapy device is check out EMFs, check out light flicker. If they don't mention it, they're probably not taking it into consideration. And another thing is along the same line is if it's plugged into electricity, it's going to have some amount of EMF and some amount of light flicker. It's impossible for it to have zero, which I've noticed other companies marketing their panels as zero flicker or zero EMF. That's, that's impossible. Uh, but ours are extremely low. The handheld devices, like the one you were showing me, the BioLite Shine, which is kind of like the size of a cell phone, since that's running on a rechargeable battery and not electricity, that is zero EMFs and that is zero light flicker. So for anyone else that has a handheld rechargeable device, that's likely the case as well that it's that's uh, zero EMF and light flicker. So those are the two big aspects of our devices. Like I told you, Dr. Tina, um, we do have a couple of pretty exciting, innovative products coming down the pipeline here in the next month or two. So uh, I'll be excited to to get those to the masses as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have this handheld device and then I have the larger panel that I sit in front of every morning and it's the cutest because my dog's bed is right next to it and she loves it. <laughs> she she always looks at me like, oh, yeah, are we doing the light? And she just kind of leans in and this beautiful, she's red. So then she gets this beautiful red glow and I, I think she sops it up. So it's it's been awesome. Well, I, I've used it for pain and I've I have noticed a difference for sure. Well, it's funny you say that one of our products may or may not have to do with pets, but we'll have to see. Well, I'll, I will, I will affiliate for that. <laughs> <laughs> I will, I will gladly share that with my audience. Anything for the pets. I am really interested in this and I know I get this question a lot. Red light, you said only affects the skin and the uh, near infrared goes deeper. What are the he- health benefits and the differences? Uh, I know you said that in a way that you're getting a similar a similar effect, but that one's just going deeper. But there I've seen, I have a red light mask that I use on my face and it's really helped with my rosacea. Are these, what's the difference? Explain this to me, please. As far as what the lights accomplish, it's the same thing. Again, it just comes down to the depth. And whenever someone says red light therapy, or at least this is in my mind, when you say red light therapy, that comprises both red and near infrared. Red light therapy is both because Essentially, they do do the same thing, just at different depths. So the three big uh, health benefits of red light therapy is reduced inflammation, improved circulation, and then optimized mitochondrial health or mitochondrial function. So regardless if it's your skin or your muscle or your bone or your brain, those three things are likely going on simultaneously whenever you step in front of a red light therapy device. Okay. And would most devices that emit red light, like say my sauna, for instance, it has red lights in the ceiling. Am I getting just the red light or am I getting the near infrared light too? It kind of varies from company to company. And at least the few that I've looked at, uh, the red light that's being emitted is pretty low light radiance. 
meaning not a lot of power. So I don't know if it's more for ambiance or maybe if you're in there for 30, 45 minutes, that lower dose is, is more beneficial than, I mean, you wouldn't want to be in front of a panel for that long because that would be uh, too high of a dose unless you're on the other side of the room. Uh, but that okay. kind of comes down to protocols as well, which is an important aspect in the sense that not all treatments are created equal. So if you're treating the skin versus your brain versus the thyroid versus improvement for athletic performance, I mean, those all take slightly, if not significantly different protocols, which is why, um, like we were talking, I think before we recorded, one of my main goals outside of selling devices was educating the masses and bringing information to the masses. Because uh, when I started BioLite, there just wasn't much information in the the uh, general protocol was just use your device for 20 to 30 minutes every single day. But as I've scoured the research, that would lead to significant over-treatment, which isn't a bad thing in the sense that you're, you're not going to cause any damage, which is the beautiful thing about red light therapy. It's very, very safe and potentially very, very effective. The, the, the downside of over-treating is that you're not going to get the benefits you're looking for. So there's this concept called the biphasic dose response, which is just a bell curve. And if you're looking straight at the bell curve on the far left, that's where the dosage is too low. Your body's not getting enough joules of light energy. And so you're just not going to see the benefits you're looking for. And then if you go on the far, far right of that bell curve, that's where the dosage is too high. And I think that's where a lot of people are that aren't getting the results they're looking for. Because when used correctly, red light therapy will and should work. Um, and I think people can get into this mindset where it's like, wow, I used it for five minutes yesterday. I felt so energized and my skin looks so good. So I'm going to use it for 10 minutes twice every day because I'm going to get more benefits, but it's the complete opposite. So that's something I harp on with all my education and an ebook is like more is not better. You want to find the, the dosage that fits nicely underneath that bell curve so that you do get the results you're looking for. And more often than not, it's less treatment or less of a, a dosage than you would think. That's really interesting. Yeah, that's the American way, right? More is better. Just keep supersize it. Yeah, just keep cooking in it. So the panel, the the big beautiful panel. Which what's the name of that? Oh, uh, the one you have. It's the Restore Plus. That's that's a full body uh, size that you can hang on the door. You can use a floor stand and kind of put it wherever you want. And I think it's about um, about three feet or a little longer than three feet tall. Which of course that's not going to cover your entire body if you're laying on it, but when you stand back six to 12 inches and that light spreads, it does cover uh, the vast majority of a, of a person's body, unless you're Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah. So how far from the unit would I want to be? And does it matter if I'm right up against it versus out away? Say I'm trying to treat my spine and I'm looking for uh, pain reduction or just increased mobility, you know. So that's where the protocols come into play because there's several variables that are at play when you're trying to consider dosages. So of course, the first is what is your device's light irradiance? Because that's going to vary from company to company, from uh, device to device. So you need to know that, uh, again, most of them should be around 100 up to like 130, 140 milliwatts per centimeter squared. Uh, the other variable is distance, like you were speaking about, because the closer you are, the higher the light irradiance is going to be and the further you are, the lower it's going to be, which can affect the third variable, which is time. The closer you are to the panel means it's going to be a higher dosage quicker, means a shorter treatment time. If you're further away for the same treatment, let's say, then it's going to be quite a bit longer as far as time. So 
So there's the, again, light irradiance, distance from panel or device, and then duration of treatment. Um, and any one of those can affect, affect the ultimate dosage. So like you're saying for your spine, um, let me say this for the majority of protocols, you want to be about six to 12 inches away. Okay. And this is for biolite devices, which are about, you know, 120 to 130 milliwatts. So it's kind of in the middle of that overall range that I see on the market. Um, And again, I don't know if we've talked about this as far as the ebook, but that's why I've developed, I mean, there's dozens and dozens of protocols in this ebook sure. where I do outline the variables. So you know what distance, and it's not a perfect science because the protocols I've developed are based on the research. And if you look at the research, even if it's for the same treatment, there's a, a ver, um, it's a varying uh, pish posh of different light spectra and different distances or different jewels for the same uh, let's say health condition, but they're most of them are leading to positive results. So that's why if you're to look at my protocols, the distance might be six to 12 inches or six to 15 inches. And you want to do it for two to five minutes and you want to use red light only or near infrared only. There's a spectrum because that's really what the research shows. And with that being said, there's going to be a bio individuality where it's an N equals one uh, a game, just like a lot of biohacking or health and wellness is. So the protocol for your back maybe slightly different than mine as far as duration and jewels you need to get better versus I need to get better because that can change depending on your, your age, your sex, your health condition, medications that may interfere or interact with light. So there's, I'm, I'm probably making this sound more confusing than it needs to be, yeah. but as long as you understand red versus near infrared, you understand those three variables about the light irradiance distance and duration of your treatment and knowing that, you basically need to direct the light to where you want to see results. Although there are systemic benefits. It's like if you want to treat your shoulder and reduce your shoulder pain, you got to shine the light there. Um, and the last thing would be your skin has to be exposed for there to be a response. The, the red and the near infrared light cannot penetrate clothing. So if you're doing a full body treatment, you basically got to be naked. Um, so those are the main tenets or the main principles of red light therapy that I would want people to know. Okay. That's fair. No, that's fair. And that's why you have the ebook because it breaks it down for people who need to figure out. And the devices allow you to just shine red or shine near infrared or both. And so it makes it really simple. Um, and I get that too. Everybody wants it. Medicine is nuanced, right? It's never black or white and everybody wants it to be. And I, I try to make it as simple as I can for the podcast listeners, but it's as you just described so eloquently, it's it's a lot of variables. So let me ask you this, a couple conditions I've been interested in. Um, what does red light do for, say, people who tend to have blemishes or more acne prone or rosacea? Does it treat that effectively? It seems to for me, but I'm, you know, I'm just going off of my N of one here. I mean, skin is probably one of the most popular reasons uh, people get into red light therapy because it is so effective and it's so easy and quick to treat because that's such a superficial tissue. The light is going to affect it first. Like if you're trying to treat chronic pain, like deep in your joints, that's going to take weeks, if not months to see um, significant difference. Whereas skin, you can see it, you know, within a couple of days or the same week for sure. Um, so I guess we have to back up. I'm not sure how familiar your audience is of uh, savvy with the mitochondria. I'm I'm sure. Yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah, because when we start talking about all the different ways that red light therapy can help, 
it's unbelievable. And it starts to sound like a snake oil pitch because it can help with mental health and sleep and athletic performance and thyroid health and your immune system and gut health and neurodegenerative diseases and athletic performance. I mean, the list goes on and on and on because red light and near infrared light therapeutically affects the mitochondria. And as a quick review, the mitochondria produce about uh, 95% of all of the energy in our body. And um, if you look at Dr. Doug Wallace's work, he's considered one of the top mitochondrial uh, researchers in the world, if not the top. Um, and he has said that essentially the more energy you have in a cell, the less you're going to age. You know, flip that around, the less energy you have per cell, the quicker you're going to age. And another thing he uh, reports is that around 80% of all modern diseases are directly tied to mitochondrial dysfunction. If you have a dysfunctional mitochondria, it's not producing energy efficiently. And so again, 80% of modern diseases are directly tied to your mitochondria not producing enough energy. There's not enough energy in your cells for it to carry out its daily activities. And we're talking like Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, metabolic diseases, uh, mood and behavioral disorders, uh, autism. I mean, almost everything, 80%, the majority. So all of that to say, again, red light therapy directly affects the mitochondria. It helps it produce energy more efficiently. It makes them more functional or less dysfunctional, meaning it should help you age slower, be healthier, be more vibrant, um, at a cellular level. And so another quick review in, into science, mitochondria are in every single cell except our red blood cells. There can be dozens, there can be hundreds, there can be thousands, sometimes tens of thousands of mitochondria per cell. And so if you have too many dysfunctional mitochondria per cell, then you have a dysfunctional cell. You have a couple of those, it's not a big deal, but then if you have too many dysfunctional cells, you're going to have a dysfunctional tissue. And that's where we start to see this, uh, you know, these diagnoses or, or like things don't start operating correctly. Same thing. If you have like one or a couple of tissues, so to speak, that aren't functioning well, probably not a huge deal. But then if you have too many tissues uh, that are dysfunctional, you're going to have a dysfunctional organ. Too many dysfunctional organs, you have a dysfunctional system. Eventually, you know, you're going to have a disease, cancer and die. But we go back uh, to the beginning and the root cause is dysfunctional mitochondria. So if you can treat your mitochondria. I mean, everything you should be doing on a daily basis should be to cater to the health of your mitochondria, because that's going to make you healthier for longer. And it's not necessarily about living longer, but it is about having an increased health span. And so that's what really gets me fired up about red light therapy. It's non-invasive. It's non-pharmacological. It's a relatively low investment compared to surgery or paying for pharmaceuticals for the rest of your life. It takes health back into your own hands because I'm sure you can attest to this, um, Dr. Tina, that a lot of people get off of medications or they can uh, forego surgeries or their health conditions are completely reversed thanks to red light therapy um, being the big uh, uh, modality that, that moves the needle. So when you ask, can it help the skin? Hell yeah, it can help the skin. There's, <laughs> there's, there's mitochondria in those cells. Again, the only cells that aren't mitochondria are red blood cells. So if there's mitochondria there, there's likely a way for red light therapy to uh, therapeutically alter that area or that condition. 
You're singing my tune. I get it. You're you're a root cause doctor. I I love it. It's not a question of can it treat skin. It's what can't it treat, right? Like right, exactly. treating the mitochondria is where you treat everything. And I I hear you. I'm glad you doubled down on that. On that note, though, I want to ask a couple questions because uh, I know that the listeners will want to know this as well because these are some things that I've, I try to think about. What would my audience most likely ask? And it's usually the first things that pop into my head until I logically think through it. But I have a doctor's brain and I can. I can go where you go with that. What about some general things? And you just said it with the mitochondria, fatigue, depression, anxiety. Are there good results at all in the literature that we're seeing or have you, anecdotal that you know of where people have had good results just kind of bathing in that red light every day and having a shift in their overall affect? Well, let me tell you this. Uh, BioLite, we just did, not just last summer, we did a study with... Biostrap, Biostrap Labs. Um, so we used our full body panels like the one you have, Dr. Tina. And we initially started this study with them to look at the effect of red light therapy on sleep. Of course, all the participants were at Biostrap, so you're collecting biometrics like heart rate, heart rate variability, the quality of your sleep, all that good stuff. Um, and the study was eight weeks. The first two weeks, um, they weren't doing red light therapy. They're just collecting that biometric data. And then four weeks, they were doing full body treatments, 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes in the evening, where they're doing five minutes in the front of their body, five minutes in the back of their body, red and near infrared light. And then this, uh, the last two weeks, they discontinued red light therapy to see how long those benefits lasted without uh, con continuing red light therapy. And the numbers were trending in a positive direction for improving sleep health or just sleep quality. All the metrics were, were headed in the correct direction relative to what they were. But had the study, they weren't statistically significant, but had we done the study another two weeks or four weeks, we almost uh, would have assuredly reached statistically significant numbers. But what we did notice or, or the, the end result of the study was after every 10 minute full body session, the parasympathetic nervous would be turned on and you would increase your HRV by about 122%. As far as reducing stress or as far as, uh, yeah, getting out of that fight or flight mode, it's almost instantaneous every time you step in front of, at least in this case, a full body red light therapy treatment. But I, I would hazard a guess if you were to focus, like if you have a smaller device, focus it on your your face and your brain, I think you'd see similar results. But but regardless, knowing that red light therapy has that power is pretty empowering, I think. You guys, I have a special announcement. I am excited to invite my listeners of the Dr. Tina show to my brand new CBD store. I've got several products inside the store to suit everyone's needs. I looked for years for a supplier that checked off all the boxes on quality, and I am happy to tell you about the products I finally come up with. I've got two gummy products inside the store. Both are hemp extract CBD phytocannabinoid gummies one that supports a more calm state with added L-theanine, and another to shield your immune system with ingredients like zinc and vitamin C along with the CBD. I've also got a high-potency, truly full-spectrum hemp extract oil synergized with other naturally occurring phytocannabinoids and MCT oil. This results in fantastic absorption in the gut. 
This oil contains several naturally occurring cannabinoids and terpenes, terpenes are important, plus an added proprietary blend for a robust profile. It contains less than 0.3% THC, it's extracted from high quality CO2 extraction process, and it comes in both a straight oil form or a convenient soft gel, which I like to keep in my purse for on the go. I've also got an amazing topical cream that I utilize for pain. I've tried countless pain creams over the years and test drove them all on my mom. And she says this one is her absolute fave. Every product is rigorously tested and comes with a certificate of analysis that you can find on the product page on the website. So head over to drtinahemp.com and use coupon code DrTinaShow10 for 10% off your first order. That's Dr. Tina Hemp, all one word, D-R-T-Y-N-A-H-E-M-P.com and use coupon code Dr. Tina Show 10 for 10% off your first order. I can't wait to hear what you think of them. I don't think people understand the impact of that because heart rate variability is such an indicator of the just overall stress your body is under. I tend to have really low heart rate variability. It's the only reason I wear this aura ring. It's like in the twenties at all times. And I can't get it up. And I played with so many variables. I've completely overhauled the stress in my life. I'll play with my feeding habits. I'll play with my exercise habits. I'll play with my meditation habits and my sauna and my sunning and all of the different variables. And I cannot seem to get the damn HRV up. Although it has been jumping up and down lately for the first time ever. And I have only, and I have been red light therapying. So I wonder if that's the variable. Cause I literally last night was lamenting to my husband saying, I cannot figure this out. Like, I don't know why sometimes I go to bed and I wake up, it's in, it's in the forties, maybe even the fifties and other nights it's down in the twenties. And I don't know. I've cut all substances out. There's no alcohol. Like I've literally, I'm on this quest mm-hmm. <laughs> to get my heart rate variability up because I know that with it being that low, that's like one foot in the grave. You know, I mean, I realize it's individualized for each person and I shouldn't necessarily say that, but I have, I do know that the lower is not the better. So um, that's awesome. That's really exciting. And that would definitely play back into how your mood and affect are. I feel like after I get out from the panel, I feel like uh, after I've been out in the sun, I've got that kind of like how your skin feels. I like to suntan. I like to be out in the sun. And I love that warm feeling of that I don't get from necessarily my sauna. I have a big box, you know, infrared sauna. But when I'm in front of the red light, I come out and I feel like my skin's emitting that warm glow. I don't know how else to put it, but people who like to be out in the sun know what I'm talking about. And that's exactly how I feel every time I step out from behind it. I'm like, ah, I got my skin's irradiating that nice glow. That I wonder. Um, what does it do to the eyes? Because I know that in the literature that you sent me, it, it's shown benefit for different eye conditions, but we may not necessarily want to stare at it. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, just to backtrack on that that skin glow, I think that's due to the vasodilation that occurs with red light, that increased circulation. Um, part of what happens when it stimulates the mitochondria is you get this disassociation of nitric oxide from the cytochrome C oxidase, which when you have NO floating around in your bloodstream, you know, you get that vasodilation. So I think that's a large part of the glow. And part of it's the warmth, like you can attest to. The infrared does put off a little bit of warmth. It's not a heat, but there's a little bit of warmth there from the device. Um, but as far as the eyes, I mean, you nailed it on the head. Uh, with these panels, like the one you have, uh, you wouldn't want to look straight into the LEDs. Because if you do look at the, the research, the light irradiance is significantly lower than these panels. 
So that would be tantamount to maybe being several feet away from the panels to get that lower light irradiance. Uh, so to your point, if you have one of these panels that's um, 100 milliwatts uh, centimeters squared or above, yeah, you would want to be six to 12 inches away looking into a, a red LED for, for a couple of minutes. Um, I personally, I don't use goggles or anything like that. I just close my eyes and I allow whatever light penetrates my eyelids to, to get into my eyes. Uh, but to your point, there's a lot of research right now coming out on eye health, how it can stave off or prevent or reverse age-related macular degeneration, um, helping with the uh, retinal uh, pigmentum epithelium. And that has a lot of, um, you know, uh, uh, profound, what's the word I'm looking for? Impact on your health. And one of the most recent most recent articles came out uh, last winter, I think it was November, December, that showed doing one red light therapy treatment in the morning led to a week's worth of increased visual acuity and color acuity. And of course, that was more drastic in participants or, or subjects that were older, but even still the younger generation, if you will, still saw improved benefits in the visual acuity and color acuity. When they did the exact same treatment in the afternoon, this is the second part of the research um, that they did. When it was done in the um, afternoon, there was zero benefit. So what they found, at least with this specific piece of research in this specific organ or, or tissue being the eye, there seems to be the mitochondria work in shifts. So they're much more responsive to light, red and near infrared light in the morning. And apparently zero or they're asleep or they're off shift in the afternoon. So I think as uh, the time goes on and we see more photobiomodulation research, which is the fancy term for red light therapy, I think we'll see more tissues and more uh, organs that may respond to light at certain times of the day and work in these, the mitochondria working in these different types of shifts, so to speak. So that was an interesting piece of research to, to, uh, to know that there is a timing mechanism because I get that question a lot too. It's like, when's the best time to do red light therapy? And I tell people, do it when you can, because I know most people have busy schedules and I don't want them to feel like if they missed it in the morning or they missed it in the afternoon that they shouldn't do it at all. I just like, just do it when you can, because at least you're getting exposed to the red and the near infrared light. For circadian rhythm, do it in the morning, do it in the evening. Some people get energized by red light therapy. Some people get really relaxed by red light therapy. So if you get energized, don't do it right before bed. If you get uh, relaxed or lethargic, don't do it uh, in the morning before a big business meeting or something. But uh, this piece of research kind of tells me that there is a timing mechanism and we'll just see what, what research says coming out uh, in the future as far as specific timing. Yeah, I think that all the organs are on a clock and I think we're going to see more and more of that. I, I'm looking forward to using it in the winter because I live in Oregon where it's rainy eight months out of the year and it's gray. I mean, it's just straight up gray. And you, I try to go outside, but it's raining and it's miserable and it's cold and it's windy and it's gray. And I know I'm getting light. I'm, I know I'm getting more light than I do in the morning. Or I'm sorry, inside through the window. But um, I have a house with a lot of windows and I have a sad light that I use every winter just to kind of keep me in the game. And I, once I got your panel, I was like, oh, I cannot wait to try this in the winter and see how it changes things for me. Because even just that warm glow I was describing on my skin was such a welcome feeling. I can get it in the summer because I can go outside in the sun, but man, just how it's different than just being warm too. Like it, it, it must be the nitric oxide. I, I agree with you. It's such a good feeling and it's, it's kind of like soul nourishing warm. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, like, ah, oh, I got a good, good sun session in. Um, how does it, is there any literature on fat and like belly fat or focusing it on areas where you're, I know that we shouldn't be talking about spot treating fat, but I really waking up the mitochondria in an area, I know that uh, in areas with stubborn belly fat, for instance, not necessarily visceral fat, but just subcutaneous fat, I know is kind of an avascular issue, really. You know, the fat gets cold and it's not well vascularized. And so the body has a hard time burning it off, especially if it's been there a while. So is there any data on that and, or anecdotal that you know of? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, there isn't that much research on fat in red light therapy. Uh, the research that is there shows that it can be beneficial for reducing fat or uh, making the fat cells you do have smaller or or what have you. Uh, but that book I was talking about before we started recording, the one that kind of got me turned on to red light therapy, uh, which is called The Ultimate Guide to Red Light Therapy by Ari Witten. He kind of developed his own protocol because he, I think he has clients. He's kind of like, a, I don't want to say he's a personal trainer, but he got people healthier. And what he noticed was that if you combined fasting with red light therapy or fasting plus exercise plus red light therapy. That was like a big fat burner trio, if you will. As far as like spot treatments, there isn't, there certainly isn't any research on that as far as red light therapy. But I mean, you bring up all of the good physiological points that if you're able to um, improve circulation to certain areas, then it kind of makes sense that you have an increased potential to do so. And so I think to Ari Witten's point, if you do it in a fasted state where maybe you're more reliant on ketones and then you're exercising, so you're increasing your energy expenditure, and then you throw in red light therapy, it's like that could be a pretty powerful fat burner. So that's just something I would suggest people try if, if they're uh, keto adapted. If you're, if you're more reliant on glucose, that'd be a little more difficult to be in that fasted state at least. But um, yeah, there's not a lot of research uh, to answer your question about fat and red light therapy. So maybe there will be more in the future, but I don't know if that's a, I haven't seen research on that for, for years, to be quite honest. The research that is there is years and years old. I'll, I'll, I'll try it and tell you. <laughs> I'll yeah, let you there's know. a lot of things in red light therapy that are anecdotal at this point. Like, uh, right. like there's a couple of articles on fertility, but not a lot, but like you were talking about, and I was talking with uh, Sarah Kleiner yesterday. I mean, you hear enough anecdotes about people that were infertile now having kids and it's like, well, there, there's something here. Uh, mm -hmm. Same thing with uh, testosterone. There's zero research on red light therapy and testosterone. But you see people uh, touting that all the time, like Ben Greenfield. And uh, when he came out with that article a couple of years ago about how he would use red light therapy and it you know, spiked his testosterone levels. Um, I actually had a major league pitcher who shared with me um, his wellness FX, where for a long time, his testosterone was just low. And then he started using red light therapy and it was this massive uh, spike in testosterone. So again, while there's not research on that specifically, it's like there's enough anecdotes out there showing me that, that uh, it likely does help with that. Yeah. And even I think shining it on your genitals and seeing what happens, you know, I mean, that's the whole sunning your balls thing is real, <laughs> you know, and it helps with testosterone. It helps people feel better. So yeah, I'm interested in that. And like you said, a lot of it probably is going to be anecdotal and that's okay too, because there's no harm done. And you're probably only doing good things by getting your mitochondria kicked up and working. Is there anything else that we should throw in here while we're talking about just kind of topic specific uses that you thought was that's been really like aha for you? 
Yeah. So I think some of the more exciting research right now is gut health. Uh, not only does it improve your gut microbiome, it, it can literally improve the ratio of beneficial bacteria to harmful bacteria, which that alone would have a nice domino effect for other aspects of health. But then, of course, there's that thing called the gut-brain axis. So there's research that's come out uh, this year and, and last year showing that you can uh, stave off, you can slow down, you can reverse symptoms of Parkinson's and Alzheimer's by treating the gut not even treating the brain, just the gut. Uh, same thing with mood disorders. You can improve uh, people that are anxious or stressed or, or have depression just by treating the gut. Um, I'd be curious to see some research come out that shows treating both the gut and the brain to see if you get a synergistic boost. But even still, just treating the, the gut and you get those results. And uh, another one is concussions, because of course that has been a hot topic for a while in sports especially. And there's promising research showing that uh, if you're able to get infrared light on your brain as soon as possible after getting your bell rung, you can accelerate the uh, healing and recovery process, which can be quite, uh, quite the process if you've ever had a concussion. And it can get lengthy and uh, God forbid you get another concussion while you're still recovering, then you kind of just uh, gets worse and worse. But yeah, there's promising research in the brain, which of course is uh, a big deal. Um, That's huge. Yeah. That's something to consider with mitochondrial health is the more mitochondrial dense the tissue, the more likely they are to uh, fall prey to dysfunctional mm -hmm. mitochondria. So that's why we have so many brain issues and eye issues and heart issues is because when, when our uh, dysfunctional mitochondria starts to go up in our body systemically, those are the first ones uh, to get hit and they're going to get hit hard because they're so dense with mitochondria. With yeah. that being said, potentially they could be the most responsive or, or have the most healing capacity provided uh, you don't cross the threshold of, of um, not being able to heal it. But just, just some food for thought that the more dense the area, the more responsive it could be, but also the quicker it could fall to, to um, dysfunctional mitochondria itself. That all makes a lot of sense. And going back, you know, in naturopathic medicine, we have known for decades that when you treat the gut, you treat everything else. I mean, that's number one for treating pain, number one for treating the brain, number one for treating anything is to treat the gut first. And it's been exciting to see the literature back that up, but that's something we've been doing in our, you know, in our profession for a long, long time. And I joke, it's like, you know, when science, when science discovers what naturopathic medicine has known for decades, <laughs> you know, those moments. And so all of these biohacking things fit into that really well for me. You know, it's like, oh yeah, it makes sense. I can logically put it all together and see the benefits. And so it's exciting to talk to you about this because just from what little I did know, this all makes great sense to me. Um, I have been applying it to my stomach for digestion and for just helping heal up my gut. And I do think that applying it to the brain in different areas would be helpful. I can imagine though, that getting through the bones might be, is there a challenge there that you know of or any literature around that? Because I feel like getting through the skull, or I put it over my heart as well, getting through the breastplate. I can't, um, you know, I know ultrasound stops when I am ultrasounding patients. So how, how does light do? Do we know? Yeah. So for example, when you're treating the brain, like you said, you have to get through the skin and the subcutaneous fat, although there shouldn't be much, but then the skull. So a very, very small percentage, I think it's almost single digits, uh, percentage of the light that actually reaches the brain. But it's that small percentage that makes a pretty big difference, um, apparently. 
Uh, we're seeing all these amazing benefits. But yeah, to your point, a lot gets blocked uh, by the bone, but there is still the, the near infrared can penetrate the bone. Awesome. That's great to know. That's cool. Cause yeah, I've been putting it all over me. This little unit is so great. It's such a nice portable. It's a bit heavy, but just for the audience that's watching this on any video, this is the BioLite Shine and it's, um, it's like the, a large iPhone. Like you yeah. said, you described it that way, but it's, it's a bit heavy. So I'm trying to get Mike, Dr. Mike here to create some kind of strap on. <laughs> I want to strap it all over my body. I was just thinking, you know, in this uh, suboccipital area, we might actually get up there into the brain a bit. There are some cranial nerves. I forget which. Um, reading this book by Frank Hall, which I actually did a series of solo sods on my own podcast, but about the effect of light when it's perceived by our eye and the... Uh, the domino effect on all of our physiological processes. It's insane. It affects everything, whether either you're perceiving normal healthy light or fake light or no light at all. And the ramifications it has on your health is incredible. And I, I bring that up because when you're saying um, the base of the skull, somewhere in this book, and I think it has to do with improving sleep or circadian rhythm, getting light at these, uh, I forget which cranial nerves or cranial nerve, but they are down here and you can get to it in the back of your neck, which is uh, potentially a way to impact sleep, which is a kind of a coincidence or maybe not that Ari Witten in um, one of his sleep suggestions in his book is that he saw significant improvement in his client's sleep quality by targeting that uh, upper cervical spine with the light. So yeah, I mean, that's, there. that's where everything is. I was just thinking in terms of like my chiropractic training, we did a very intensive head and neck anatomy whole quarter on it. And I mean, there's a lot going on up there. So I've been, I've been putting it on my glands. I've been putting it on my thyroid. I've been putting it on my neck. I'm trying to get everything. <laughs> I mean, pretty much from the collarbone up is where the action is. And so I've been trying to red light therapy that pretty close up with this smaller unit and standing in front of the larger panel, like with my belly right up against it to help my gut. So I'm, I'm, this is really, really exciting and really fascinating. And I think that it, like you said, the price points of these units are, I think, really accessible for most people who are serious about their health. And it sounds like the health ramifications are plentiful and quite safe. I've, I've heard stories. I've kind of been going down the red light rabbit hole lately in preparation for this. And the information I've gleaned from your podcast and from your Instagram and then from other places, I'm loving the impact on the geriatric community as well. I just think it's such a nice, accessible treatment for them. I think every elder person should have one of these doodads. When I was in chiropractic college, I saw an ad, you'll crack up. I saw an ad for a red light, little handheld red light panel and it emitted heat. I don't even know what was, it was a bunch of LED lights. And I bought one, I bought three of them and I gave one to an in-law. I gave one to my mom and I have one. I still have that thing and half the lights are burned out, but man, that thing worked great for pain. And it was, I think it was like an infomercial in the middle of the night when I was studying one night. So I've been kind of a devotee to the red light for a long time, just not really understanding what it did. So it's been awesome to have you come on and explain this. Where can everybody find you and learn more information about red light and your products? Yeah, so the the BioLite website is biolite.shop.shop. Uh, BioLite.shop is also all of our uh, social media handles. Uh, we do put out quite a bit of educational content both on social media, but the website as well is, uh, 
I put a lot of time and energy in creating all these individual page about all these different uh, health conditions like mental health and inflammation and pain and sleep. Like every, every one of those health conditions has its own page on the website that explains how red light therapy can work and cites the research, the relevant research. So, so the website, as much as it is selling devices, I think it's more so an educational platform. So I just hope that people take, um, take advantage of that. But then you can find me personally on Instagram at Dr. Mike Belkowski or Mike Belkowski on LinkedIn. Uh, my podcast is called the red light report. And so hopefully I'll be able to have you on there one day, Dr. Tina. Oh, I would love that. I will have to get more knowledgeable and use this more and I'll come in and tell you all my anecdotal evidence, but I, yeah, your podcast is awesome. And even on Instagram, you have shorts of your podcast, like the highlights, and it's been so helpful. I, I have stayed up many a night past my bedtime, just totally geeking out on it. So you really bring a lot of education, like you said, to the scene. And I appreciate that because a lot of these other companies, I'm not bad mouthing them, but it's just like, oh, here's your red light and have fun. And I'm like, what the hell am I doing with this? I'm here to educate people. Like that's my mission in life. So I appreciate you. Well, awesome. I am so excited. Let me use this unit some more and we'll have you back on too. And we'll, we'll talk further about this. And in the meantime, I will make sure that all of your links are in the show notes. And again, it's biolight.shop. And I appreciate you being on the Dr. Tina show. Thanks for having me on Dr. Tina. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Dr. Tina show. Please be sure to follow me on Instagram at Dr. Tina, that's D-R-T-Y-N-A and Dr. Tina 2.0, as well as visit my website at drtina.com. This is a Resonant Media production produced by Drake Peterson and mixed by Chris McCone. The theme song is by John the Guilt. As always, you can email the show at podcast at drtina.com. And if you like this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. See you next week. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. It does not constitute the practices of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice. I am a doctor, but I am not your doctor. No doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information and the materials linked to this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content on this podcast is intended not to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice from any medical condition they have, and they should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions.